Welcome again to the Ryan Hancock Podcast. I am joined by my friend, fellow LSU fan, Eric Slater. He's also a Mets fan. And uh, he's in located, he's a resident of the DC area. Uh, I think you teach at George Mason University, right? Uh, George Washington. George Washington. Okay, George Washington. I knew it was it was George something. I knew it was George something. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I feel like the last four years have felt like 40. Like a year ago, yesterday, we were celebrating the coronation of one of the greatest football teams in college football history. And today we're all stuck in some level of quarantine because of a dumbass president. Mm-hmm. Um, how did we get to this point? How, how did we get to this point? I mean, we were warned by everybody. Hillary tried to tell everybody this, you know, warn everybody about him. And how did we get to this point? Like, why are we at this point? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, Ryan, thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, it's great to be with you uh, today. Um, how did we get to this point? Wow. You know, I think what it really boils down to more than anything else, I think it's racism. I think it's racism. It's white privilege. It's white people not wanting to uh, cede any of their so-called power. Um, You know, at some point in the very near future, uh, white people will not be the majority in this country. Um, And I think that there is a uh, fairly large percentage of the population, mainly white people, who uh, buy into all of this, Um, the, the, uh, the racism, uh, the conspiracy theories. Um, I also think that um, most of those people, most Trump supporters, uh, I think they've been brainwashed. I think that 30 years of um, right-wing talk radio, Fox News, I think has brainwashed a lot of people. I, I definitely agree with that. And, and I think for the most part, for people uh, one of the other things, uh, I've been following Noel Kassler from, uh, on Twitter. He was a guy that worked on The Apprentice. I feel like, do you think that the normalization of him on The Apprentice, do you think that factored into all of this? Yeah, and, and that's a great point. Um, I, I think leading up to that point, I mean, he, he was a failed businessman. He had what filed for bankruptcy, what, five, six times. And The Apprentice, uh, Mark Burnett, who produced The Apprentice, that essentially rehabilitated, um, that rehabilitated Trump. And I think most people with reality TV, um, you know, I think it, it's the dumbing down of America, reality TV, at least in my opinion, 
but they built up Trump as this, you know, successful, larger than life businessman. Um, and a lot of people bought into it, unfortunately. I had read, a, and the, the, uh, the Twitter account that you just spoke about, Noel Kassler, um, I think he had even indicated, because I follow him too, I think that he had even indicated that everything you saw about The Apprentice was fake, including the, the office setting, the boardroom, it was all fake. Um, I think he had indicated that uh, most of Trump's offices were, you know, run down, old furniture, things of that nature. And Mark Burnett helped to create this monster. I think that has a lot to do with it also. We go over and we shift over to the crap about how he handled all of this, like the coronavirus. And people talk about how Hillary would have handled it. And granted, we don't know because Hillary was, is not, wasn't the president during all of this, but this guy was. Mm -hmm. If he had to took this seriously, let's just throw it out there. If he had to took this seriously, do you think we would be in this situation? I think if he had taken it seriously and acted right away, acted appropriately, it wouldn't have been this bad. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, you know, people, people, there would have been people who uh, would have died of this horrible disease, uh, but it wouldn't have been as bad as it has been. I mean, it was just really not doing anything, abdicate, abdicating his responsibility um, and just kind of letting it, letting it run wild. Uh, there should have been a national mask mandate. Uh, the fact that wearing a mask was politicized to the degree that it was, that's a huge factor here. Um, and, you know, the, the research, the medical research has shown that wearing a mask does help to, um, uh, does help to um, slow the spread. Um, of, of the virus. And yeah, if he had taken it seriously, we wouldn't be in this situation now. Other countries, you know, New Zealand, for example, the president of New Zealand, uh, she took it seriously. They, they locked down the country and uh, they're pretty much back to normal, I think. So yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they were celebrating, they were celebrating New Year's Eve. And I'm like, you go down, cause I, you know, I live here in the city and I live here in New Orleans and I know uh, I was down in the quarter on New Year's Eve and I rode my, I walked over to, to Bourbon first. Then mm -hmm. I walked over to Jackson Square. People were leave, more people were leaving Bourbon than they were entering Bourbon Street on New Year's Eve. You, because the last call is like at 11 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. You go to Jackson Square, you don't see anybody. There's nobody out there. Wow. Like there's nobody out there. And it didn't in like a lot of things, like for example, I live a block off of the, I live a block off of the parade route on on, on Carondelet here in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. One block over is St. Charles. It's gonna be so weird to not see, you know, bead trees, people setting up for parades because we can't get we can't gather together. Right. And, and, and it's and I think and honestly, Eric, I think everything that that guy has gone through in his life, we're going through it collectively as a country. I agree. I agree. Yeah. 
you know, I, I can't get inside his head, but it's it's almost as if it's almost as though um, the uh, negligent lack of action, negligent act of direction. I mean, it's almost like he wanted Americans to die. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how you can't. I don't know how one can't come to that conclusion. And, and it's just horrible that the president behaved in that fashion. I mean, there's the, and, and, and to be perfectly honest, I wasn't surprised at people politicizing this because I'm gonna tell you why. Because people believe that this is an infringement on freedoms. And I remember telling somebody, you can do all the restrictions you want. As long as stuff is open, people are going to go to those places. And as long as people politicize those things, uh, shout out to my friend, Tracy, because she was the one that said it. And she was the one that said it. I said, it's very hard for me to get mad at uh, people, regular people, for doing things like it's normal. It's very hard because we all, to some degree, have done things that are normal during this damn pandemic. So it's very hard for me to get mad at those people. Mm -hmm. It's it's really about leadership. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is. The, and, and the fact that leadership politicized it, the way that I kind of look at it with, with, wearing, with wearing a mask, you know, at least during the period of time that we're going through this, to me, it's almost akin to, you know, if you want to go into a store or a restaurant, and, and I'm talking about, you know, a non-pandemic during an, a normal, quote unquote, normal period in time, you know, it's like mm -hmm. no shirt, no shoes, no service, that kind of thing. Right. Where, um, again, if, if leadership had taken the correct approach, we just wouldn't be in this mess, you know, closing in now on 400,000 people dead from this, it's, that's just horrible. I mean, 400, and that's almost like the population of New Orleans is about 396,000. So mm -hmm. you basically wiped out the entire city yeah. of New Orleans. Yeah. And you're probably, and you're, on, and you're closing in on probably wiping out um, all of, I have to look and see what the population of Miami, Florida is, but I'm pretty sure Miami is about 400,000 people. Mm -hmm. And one of the most important things is he, he, and then here's the thing, he caught the damn thing. He caught the shit, and he was still throwing super spreader events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it was almost like he wanted people to die by holding these events. But what I really still have, and, and I guess maybe it's sort of like this cult mentality of people who follow him and, you know, talking about how, how people are brainwashed, you know, what I was talking about just a few minutes ago. The fact that people were risking their health by attending these events. It, it just boggles the mind. And, and it's just, at least for me, it's it, it's hard to kind of wrap my head around that. Like why? I mean, people, but I guess they want, they believe what they want to believe. And maybe they didn't think that uh, they would get sick. And, and they always go into this whole thing of infringing on, on rights and and, they, and this is where we go into talking about what happened in Washington. The fact that nobody should be surprised. Like, if you tell me, if you egging somebody on, mm. especially a bunch of dumbasses, 
guess what they're going to do? They're not going to listen to reason. They're going to do what you just egged them on to do. Right. And my belief is that that was a whole, that whole thing that happened in Washington was, a, was the inside job spearheaded by evil Lacey Shaber. Uh, that Lauren Bohemia, Bohemian, whatever her last name is. Oh, uh, I feel Bobert. like, yeah, yeah, like evil late. I call it because the woman looks just like Lacey Shaver. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yep, yep. And, and it's it, it's scary. And I, I I told I said someone yesterday. I was like I said someone yesterday that this whole thing like 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 i said like i actually made this joke this this comment like there's no such thing as a beautiful woman and someone was like well ryan what did you mean by that i said you could be beautiful there's beautiful women and she's not bad looking physically but at the same time her values and how she is she's no damn different than every karen that argues with the manager at a grocery store for wearing a face cover mm -hmm. And she believes that the, the, the she's like I'm a patriot and everything. You could tell she fails civics. <laughs> oh yeah, oh gosh, don't even get me started on that. Um, you know, I, I think cuts in education, um, social studies, civics, history. It seems like those are all subjects that have been cut, but civics in particular. There are just so many people who don't understand how our government works, how our government operates. And for someone to be able to run for office seems to me that they should be able to demonstrate at least an elementary school grasp or an elementary school knowledge of civics. Uh, it astounds me the number of people who don't even understand, they don't understand how the First Amendment works. You know, and they cry, oh, they're, you know, you're infringing on my, on my free speech. Twitter, Twitter shutting down accounts, that's a violation of free speech. It really isn't, you know, a private company. Um, that's why we have the ter terms of agreement. Terms of agreement, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And the First Amendment only comes into play when it's the government that is um, preventing you from you know, free speech, the um, the ability to uh, congregate as part of a group, freedom of religion, you know, those are all First Amendment things. But it's the government that's infringing. That's where the that's where the First Amendment comes into play. It has nothing to do with mm -hmm. the private company telling you you right. can't post thus and such. So it's sort of like it's no different than like let's say if I come into your house drunk and saying all this stuff and like all this conspiracy theory shit you have the right to kick me out that's not a that's not a constitutional thing that's your house that's your shit right and people don't understand that and people just go into this my freedoms and it's like dude <laughs> the reason why we have mandates and I, and i and i use the 80 20 the 80 20 um analogy quite often 80% of people are going to do what they're told, okay? 20% are not going to do what they're told. The 20% that you have that are at, uh, that leave shopping carts out in the, out in the, uh, in the parking lot, they never put them back. Or they leave trash all over the place. 
they never clean up after themselves. I'm like, this is why we have mandates. Because if you left people to do things for the, to, you left people to their own devices, guess what would happen? You would have mm -hmm. chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. I absolutely agree. So now um, I know we covered quite a bit of things, but uh, in a short period of time, mm -hmm. Your hope for what do you think happens Wednesday? And, and we're not talking about in pot in, in negative in uh in negative in negative. We're not talking about negative wise. We're talking about will Trump get dragged out of the White House? <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, um, I think he's gonna. I think he will leave. I think actually he'll be out of there before the twentieth. Um, I know a lot has been bandied about, he's gonna stay there, we're gonna have to drag him out kicking and screaming. Personally, I, I think he'll be out of there the 19th. And I, I don't think that there's going to be any issue as far as that goes. You know, I think he, he knows he, 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 he knows he lost, you know, even, even though continuing this whole delusion of everything was rigged, I think he'll be out of there the 19th. I really do. And in terms of like this, like in terms of like the, you know, charges that are being held, uh, brought up against him, when you think that the, uh, the New York State uh, Attorney General and then will be on his ass? I would like to think that it would be right away. Um, you know, as soon as he becomes private citizen Trump, I would like to think that the hammer is going to start to drop on him. Um, I mean, he has to be held accountable. His family has to be held accountable. There's just so many crimes. Uh, and I think that there, there has to be consequences um, because if there aren't consequences, it's just going to send a message that, all right, well, you know, you can do whatever you want. You can run for office, you can become president. And it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter what you continue to do when you're in office. So that that's my that's my hope that it, it it's gonna it, it's gonna start coming right away the hammer will drop right away there has to be accountability i mean it has to be i mean i think what you saw with that impeachment the impeachment uh, on yesterday was one level of accountability yeah and now with this whole senate thing people were like well why are they gonna uh, uh hold him accountable for the senate why are they going to try to convict him in the Senate? Like, we're trying to prevent him from running again. Yeah. In so many words. Mm -hmm. I mean, he will be 78. He will be 70. I want to say he will be 78. I think that's right. And he will be 78. Um, and, you know, and it, it's just the fact that it didn't have to be this way. Like, no. I like last year was my fifth year here in New Orleans and it felt so bad. I felt so, I was so mad that I couldn't celebrate it mm. the way I wanted to celebrate it. And yeah. people, and people don't realize how bad, how much the pandemic has done to people mentally. You know, you can't be with your friends. You can't do this. Like you want to do, I, I was telling someone um, when we went to phase two in uh, June, we had this world, we have the world naked bike ride, which isn't what people think it is. But the world naked bike ride was like the first time I had was able to, I was so happy to be around people 
And we kept a, you know, we had like a small group of people. We rode from, uh, we rode from Mid City Yacht Club to D Max on Jeff, which is now Norman C. Francis Parkway. And those things that felt good, and it felt good. It was like the normal. It was like the old times again. I mean, everybody was socially distanced, and it's like the same group of people I ride with every, um, every, every now and then. And I was telling them, I say, this is something that I was looking, this is something that I look forward to because I love being around people. Mm -hmm. As much as a person that hates being around people, like being around people now, you take those, you don't, I don't take it for granted. And that's why I decided, uh, once again, this is why I decided to restart my podcast because I miss talking to my friends and stuff. So one last thing, your Mets signed Francisco Lindor. Mm-hmm. which is almost akin to when I was growing up, Roberto Alomar going to the Mets from the Blue Jays. How do you feel about this? Um, I am ecstatic. Um, the Mets have a new owner. Um, I've been a Mets fan for, I mean, ever since I was probably eight or nine years old. So I've been a fan for like 50 years. And uh, the, the, ch- the, the championships have been few and far between. I was a little bit too young to appreciate 1969. Uh, 1986 was amazing. Uh, it was, and that's the last time that the Mets have won the World Series. So it's great to have ownership that number one, knows what they're doing. Uh, and number two, that's willing to invest in the team and who has the resources to invest in the team. The, the previous owners, uh, the Wilpon family, mm-hmm. uh, they were, I mean, they were cheap. And uh, the Mets, you know, they're located in New York. Ownership should treat, should operate a team in New York like it's a major market team. Instead, they were operating the Mets like they were I don't know, Pittsburgh or Kansas City. I don't mean to offend anybody who's a Pittsburgh or Kansas City fan, but they're just certain. No, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, when you look at how this franchise, like, like for example, like David Wright, like, I feel like they wasted David Wright. In, oh, I in agree. New York. They oh, wasted absolutely. David Wright. You look at, like, that. even with Daryl Strawberry, how do you not win at least another, two world championships with Daryl Strawberry? Like, oh, they wasted yeah. Daryl Strawberry. Um, that team, that fabulous team with Piazza and and Olerud, you they wasted so much talent over they the did. years. They did. And you look at like you look at the Cardinals. Like in my lifetime, we've won two World Championships. We've been we've been fairly good pretty much most of my life. But mm-hmm. we we didn't waste Albert Pujols. We didn't waste Albert. We did. I wouldn't say we wasted Ozzy Smith. I just think that we just didn't have a lot of, we were, you know, I mean, the Cardinals have never been a, a, a team of sluggers. I mean, it was a team that was always predicated around timely hitting and speed. Right. It was never that, it was never a home run hitting team, but wasting David Wright's career mm. and wasting no, wasting Noah Syndergaard, which is, I think is really what's going to happen. Cause he's one of the best, he's one, he's probably like, top five, top six uh, pitcher in the history of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And you're going to waste him the same way that you wasted the white Gooden. I mean, 
think of all the talented the talented players that that team has had and they've yeah. wasted so much of their talents i agree yeah the the team uh that mid to late 80s team that only won it in 86 i was just talking about that with a friend the other day and i said that mets team should have won more than one world series during that period of time and and you're right you know a team that had strawberry dwight gooden uh howard johnson mookie wilson uh gary carter i mean ron darling uh that that team should have you know yeah that that team should have won more than one world series and then it was just such a shame what happened with david wright you know for uh health reasons he had to uh retire uh back i believe it was uh uh, some sort of back injury or, or issues with his back. But they only got to one World Series with uh, David Wright on the team in, in 2015. And you, you just can't waste talent. And, and I blame that on ownership. You know, they just didn't properly build a team around a franchise player like that. So uh, it's nice to go into the upcoming baseball season with some hope. Uh, Met fans are really uh, thrilled with uh, Steve Cohen, the new owner, and uh, he's already shown that he's willing to um, spend some money and, and make some moves. So having uh, Lindor and Carrasco, you know, I couldn't be happier. Right, right. But Eric, thank you so much for dropping by the Ryan Hancock podcast. You all can check this out on Friday, Friday afternoon, Friday, I'll have the podcast up before you guys listen to. As always, thank you for your time this time. And until next time, we will see you down the road. Thank you.